Hello and welcome to Community Topics, number four of Dualist Community. I am Jesus and God and you and everyone and everything and every organism and semblance of awareness that's ever been and ever will be identifying as Andrew for the sake of convenience today. Likewise, except I'm going to straight up identify as God because it causes feelings in people. And regardless about how you might feel about it, it does not change the reality. But if you do have a problem with what I'm saying, then I suggest that you talk to yourself about it because you are also God. You're God and I'm God. There's nothing I can do about it. We might as well make the most of it and have a conversation that allows us to take on more of that responsibility, hopefully in a more enthusiastic way. And that all said, we are now at community topics number four the fourth of this new series of episodes. They've been so much fun so far. And what I really enjoy about it is that we get to have the community participate in a bigger way than they have been previously. Of course, we always talk to them on Discord. We always talk to them on Patreon. We have our weekly groups and all of that. But this gives everybody a chance to suggest a topic based on what's going on in their lives. And then other members to vote on those topics based on what's going on in their lives. And so it's really interesting to see awareness suggesting the topic and then other awareness kind of having a democratic say on where that conversation is going to go. And then we just kind of let it fly from here. So it's really enjoyable to see all this participation. And uh, I just wanted to mention quickly that this podcast, even in the last episode, we were mentioning how our traffic has been growing, how the community has been growing by leaps and bounds every day. A month ago, we passed 2000 plays in a single day for this podcast, which was huge for us. A week ago, we passed 3,000 plays in a single day, which was huge for us. Today, upon recording this, we have passed 5,000 plays. This community is growing by leaps and bounds. The ripples are increasing and the pond is changing. It's very exciting. And I wanted to say thank you to everybody who's been joining us. If this is your first episode, I do encourage you to go back to season one, episode one, because it's a long journey. And some of the things that we talk about on here may not make sense if you don't. I can fucking feel it, man. I can feel the shifts as the shift, being the shift, being a part of the shift, talking about the shift. It's all, it's all me. It's all you. And it's, it's crazy that looking at even the graph that you shared, I saw the email where you patched it together and it was like the first, so funny people get so caught up in like trying to get to a place before they even do anything. And what was it like our first four months are basically like a completely flat line. It was like all of 2021 was a completely flat line. It was like, I don't know, 10, 50, 70 plays in a day here and there up and down depending when we posted and then it just like starts to take off a little bit then it starts to take off a little more and now it's just the last week has been like a almost a vertical line and it's so incredible to see that with our shifts with what i've been seeing on social media with people you know talking about it more resonating more with it the podcast goes along with it because it isn't something we're doing it's just something that's being done by what is. It, it's entirely necessary for the mentality that we all are and that we all embody is just the conversation to be had, the recognition that you are not what you think you are, the recognition that the ideas that you cling to for a false sense of certainty are never, ever the truth. 
that's it. That's all we're ever saying. So I'm, I'm just happy to be here as I say so often, and, and I'm happy you're here with us and absolutely loving the community topics also. And it's really cool to be able to get people involved. And also our podcast has always been like very unstructured. It's kind of cool to have, you know, toss in a little bit where we can involve the community and then also have something that I can go back when someone's like, oh, I'm having a tough time with this decision. And I'm like, oh, we actually talked about this for 45 minutes a couple of weeks ago on community topics number, whatever it was, two or three. Um, so anyway, today we're talking about feelings and over analysis. So I guess to kick things off, Ray, I'm curious, are feelings always valid feelings and emotions, I guess. And, and what are your initial thoughts on both? I think that that's a tricky question because so often we don't allow a feeling to be what it is. We immediately translate it according to our need to identify, and that changes the nature of the experience. It changes the nature of the feeling. And so we're really not talking about the feeling itself so much as what we've done with it. And of course, that's valid. I mean, everything that we do is valid to ourselves. But the real question is, what is the feeling before I make it egotistical? What is the feeling before I identify it? What is the feeling before I cast an opinion on it? or decide I want to get away from it, or I want to pursue it, or any of that. What is the feeling itself? And I would say that the feeling is you. You are feeling. And until you label your feelings, you are potentially all feelings, every feeling. Because in the here and now, you could potentially have any perspective you want about yourself and your relationship with the here and now. So all feelings, all perspectives of your relationship exist from afraid to happy and joyful, from feeling separate to connected. They're all here and now. And until you choose a perspective of yourself or feeling, which is what you are, it just is, whatever it is. And that means all of it, it's all in there. That's the thing. This is why it's so important to remember when you are being present that you are going to go through a whirlwind of emotions in the present, but it's not until you resist it or you attach to it that it starts to have any sway on you, really. Otherwise, it's just informing your, your emotions. Otherwise, it's just a part of what you are embodying at that time. This is something Krishnamurti said that we are never angry. We are the embodiment of anger. So our feeling is another way of, of trying to describe what we are because we are our feelings from moment to moment. But again, it's really important as with recognizing I am God to recognizing that when I say that I'm not talking about my self-image. So in the same thing, when we're talking about feelings, it's important to recognize that we're not necessarily talking about the feeling so much as our interpretation of that feeling, which is a different animal entirely. I find it interesting how often people will experience a lot of feelings frequently, like sadness, for example, and then it becomes their identity, even when they're not feeling sad. And like you were saying, we're, we're not, you know, you're not a sad person. You're just embodying sadness in the moment and you have the potential to, to embody any feeling or emotion in the moment. But as soon as you attach to it, as soon as you make it a part of you, it's almost like it's like you seek it out or you look for 
you, you almost want to reinforce your idea of yourself as being a sad person. So even though that's not necessarily the one that a lot of people would be like, you can choose any emotion. What do you want to pick? There, most people wouldn't say sadness, but because we crave certainty so much that we would rather reinforce to ourselves that we are a sad person. So it's almost, I find that sometimes we bring it into situations that we don't have to. And I don't, I don't just mean sadness. I mean, with any emotion, because as soon as it becomes a part of our identity, it becomes that false sense of certainty. And because we would rather have that than being uncertain about what we are, we, we run to it and, and we're like, I'm a sad person. What would a sad person do in this situation? I'm going to be sad. And, and it's like a, a reinforcing of those feelings of validation and identity to confirm that we are what we think we are. And it's why it's so important to question and recognize that you never are what you think you are. And in that, you have the infinite potential to be anything. And in that, you can allow yourself to let go and see new opportunities and, and see shifts and things. And I think that's a big reason why things like psychedelics allow people to have a massive shift in their, in their life, because all of a sudden they've been telling themselves this story their entire life. And all of a sudden for a split second, they're just able to see that, oh, maybe there are other options that that story goes away, even just momentarily. And it doesn't mean you are going to be forced to walk through the door. Oftentimes people will trip or, or take mushrooms or whatever, and they won't see a big change. But if you are willing to walk through that door, there is a ton of potential to see massive shifts in yourself. And even outside of psychedelics, just the process of questioning, the process of, be, of willing to be uncertain about what you think you are. But as long as you are, as long as you do cling to that sense of certainty, then you're just going to reinforce everything you've always thought that you were. That's a really good point. And it's also very important to remember that the familiar is addictive, whether we like it or not. If it's familiar, it offers some semblance of certainty and we immediately want more of that. And so even if you're telling yourself you're a sad person, that becomes familiar over time. And it might seem like a terrible experience, but somehow you've decided it's not as terrible as just admitting you don't know what you are. And in that, there is potential to change. In that, there is potential for you to experience something else because you're surrendering the narrative that is so familiar. You're surrendering the, the walls that you've built around yourself that are telling you what to be, despite the fact that you are already everything. You can change. It's just what is stopping you from changing? And that answer is always you, to some degree. And that doesn't mean you're at fault for doing so. Don't blame yourself. That's another narrative. That's just building another box. But responsibility is, indifferent, is a different thing entirely. So it's really important to just keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think responsibility is something that we run away from so, so often, more often than almost anything. And we've talked about it many times and, and fault and responsibility are two completely different conversations just because something isn't your fault doesn't mean it isn't your responsibility just because a newborn baby gets dropped on your doorstep doesn't mean it's your fault but it is now to a degree your responsibility to do something it doesn't mean to raise it for 18 years but at least you know bring it out from from the elements outside and it's like it's not your fault at all but it is your responsibility to handle it and it can become a difficult conversation when it comes to things like emotions and feelings because we don't want to take responsibility for 
the way that we're feeling. We want to push it onto someone else. And I'm not saying that sometimes those things don't seem a lot more valid when traumatic events happen. People do really fucked up things, but there is a sense still an inkling of responsibility there. And in that recognition of responsibility for the reinforcement of that story, in that recognition, there is opportunity to change. And no one is forcing you to continue suffering besides you. No one's telling you that you have to keep suffering. No one's telling you that you have to keep telling yourself that story every morning. No one's telling you that you have to keep reinforcing to yourself that you are what you think you are. And I think that's where the responsibility aspect comes in is recognizing that no one is telling you that you have to do any of those things. And no one's also going to force you to let go of them. No one at the end of the day cares that much if you keep holding on to it, but it's your experience. And like we talked about in the last episode, it has to come back to you. You have to have that level of selfishness to be able to see it for yourself and do it for you and, and let go. Yeah. That all said though, emotions are overwhelming. It's very difficult to practice this as you're being swept up in insecurity or as you're being swept up in anger or as you're being swept up in fear. It's a lot easier when you're feeling great because then it's like, oh yeah, I'm feeling awesome. I'm going to question this and look at it and, and whatnot. But when you're in the midst of an emotional swing, it's very difficult to stop that swing. But it's important to recognize that that is a that is an opportunity. In that swing, you have an opportunity to look at what you're feeling. Don't identify with it. Just look at the nature of it. Look at what is exacerbating and what's your perception of reality versus yourself that's reinforcing that feeling. Because if you don't perceive a separation, emotions change. The less that you perceive a separation, the more the emotional spectrum changes. Fear diminishes considerably because there's nothing to be afraid of. So all of these emotions that we feel are indicative of how attached we are to the perception of being divided, of being separate. So emotions are a great way for us to learn about the illusions that we're still invested in. And don't beat yourself up for being invested in them because as we were saying before the podcast, we have, we have to go through these stages in our growth. That's just part of who we are and what we're becoming, or not even becoming, but how we're expressing what we are. Over time, we gain awareness of what we are, and that changes our actions. But at no point are you at fault for doing the best that you can with what you understand currently. It's very important to remember that. If you are feeling ashamed, that's okay. It's okay to feel ashamed because you're going to learn from that unless you judge it unless you run from it, unless you judge yourself and make it about you as a person and give it a definition and give it importance, it will fade away. But until then, you're going to keep returning to it because your brain is looking for the familiar. It's looking for what it knows. And if you're not aware of that mechanism, you're constantly gonna get swept up into the loop. So watch for, for just the familiar, watch for the illusion of security as always, it's what we're always saying. And in that you will face the feeling that you are, which is uncertain, but likewise full of limitless potential. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think there's a distinction between when you're in it, like when you're 
in the emotion and when you're not as deeply in it. And it's a very important distinction because, yeah, as great as it can be to recognize like, oh, everything is you. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be anxious about. It's like, okay, well, yeah, but what if I'm feeling anxious right now? Because then that sort of advice would push someone to be like, I shouldn't be feeling anxious because I am everything and there's nothing to fear and I've always been and always will be and blah, 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 blah. But that's going to build up resistance because that's going to make you think that you shouldn't be feeling what you're feeling. So it's a very important distinction because whenever you're feeling that thing, there's nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, there are no bad feelings. There's nothing ever wrong with what you're feeling. And that was one of the most helpful things for me to recognize was that there are no bad feelings. Like, that's it. Like, none of them are bad. Because as soon as you label something as bad, as soon as you label anxiety, fear, worry, nervousness, anger as a bad thing, you're going to try and resist it. You're going to try and force it to go away. And through that resistance, you keep it around. You're giving it so much attention that it's like, go away, go away, go away. It's like, you know, what you resist persists, one of my favorite quotes. And, and so as soon as you label something as bad, you will resist it. That's just how it works. Like it, it, cause you don't want to feel bad, but as long as you see that, like we were talking about in the first part of the episode, when you start to feel it, there's nothing bad about it. And you don't have to add on an additional layer to the feeling that you're feeling. The feeling is just what it is. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just something that you can feel. It's something that you're embodying. So you don't have to label it as bad. And I think letting go of that will let go of the resistance. And through the letting go of re the resistance, it doesn't stay around as much because you're just there in the feeling, feeling it. Yes, it's uncomfortable, absolutely, but it isn't bad. There's nothing wrong with you and nothing wrong with you feeling it. So as long as you're in the shit with it, accept it, recognize there's nothing wrong with it. I promise it will pass significantly more quickly than you trying to grab it and, you know, suppress it and force it to go away. Yeah. Trolls are a really good uh, practice for that. I rather enjoy trolls online. I, uh, Andrew posted a video recently on Instagram about God. It's a conversation between a believer and, and, and somebody who recognizes that we're all God. Great video, lots of solid points. But of course, people have very strong feelings based on how they identify. And based on how committed they are to that identity, those strong feelings often come out as anger and frustration or derision. And so right there, you are dealing with another part of yourself and it is judging you, it's lashing out, it's trying to protect that illusion. And there is an excellent practice there because you can get riled up by that. You can feel intimidated by that. You can get angry about that. You can let them sway you or influence your emotions from one way or another. But if you look at it for what it is, it's an excellent opportunity to practice non-attachment and play and creativity and communication if you can just remain unattached to the feelings as they go by, because nobody likes it when somebody says something negative about you and in, in an attempt to put you down, but you, you won't care if you don't identify with it. And that's the practice. And so this is what we were saying in the last episode about uh, having a, a dialogue with Andrew Tate 
And I thought it was so interesting because upon sharing that online, there were mixed reviews. Some people were like, yeah, absolutely. And other people were like, what a waste of time. He's a belligerent asshole. You're never going to get anything across. And it, that response is largely because it would be an unpleasant conversation for most people. And most people in that situation do identify to a degree where they don't necessarily do well against a belligerent bully. But if you were aware of that, if you practice not letting it phase you, that conversation would be incredibly fruitful. Maybe not for Andrew Tate, but for everybody watching, maybe even just for some of the people watching. The point is that it would create a ripple that doesn't currently exist because everybody is avoiding the displeasure of talking to Andrew Tate and dealing with his mentality because it sways them, because it bothers them. If we can get past that, then we can actually address it. But as always, it's not taking those feelings at face value. It's looking at them and going, ah, that's, that's rooted in my identity. Oh, that's rooted in my discomfort. Oh, that's rooted in my resistance. And then just letting it be what it is. That's the beautiful part about this is that you don't have to do anything else except recognize how you're distorting your feeling. If you can just recognize the distortion it starts to clear just like a radio signal, right? And then you can hear the music again and you can go about your life. You can actually feel what you're feeling, but it's when you get in the way. That's when it all gets wonky. That's when it's, it all goes awry. So just don't get in the way and have the courage to see what happens if you just let it play out because you would be surprised how much courage you have when you stop telling yourself that you don't. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> and uh, this is... Uh, where I love to to bring up Alan Watts's uh, talks about verbs and action verbs and how, because a lot of times people are like, okay, well, I'm having this conversation with someone and I'm having it with them. And so like, how the fuck am I supposed to get myself out of the way? Like I'm in it. It's like, you're not in it. You are it. You are the conversation. You are having a conversation. It's not that you are something that is having a conversation. It is you are the act of having a conversation. There is no you that is separate from the conversation at hand. And when you can see that, and that's, I feel like a lot of times how Ray and I are on dual security. It's just like, we're, we're the embodiment of the conversation being had. It's not Andrew and Ray having a conversation. It's just a conversation for the sake of having it. So it's the same thing. If Andrew Tate were to come on here, we would just be conversation it's the same thing when you're going back back and forth with trolls on social media you are just going back and forth you are the act of going back and forth you are just writing messages you are the act of writing messages you are just responding you are the act of responding but there is no you separate from that act you're just it and so all of a sudden nothing is personal there is nothing to shy away from or fear or get worked up about or get angry about or worked up about because there is no you it's just what is it just is the act being done so i love bringing up that point and i i've brought it up a couple times on the podcast already but it's just a helpful reminder even for myself because i get caught up with trolls too like I get a little unsettled still. Like I know, I know Ray has been through the meat grinder with all those types of things and just enjoys it and thrives in it. But there's a part of me that's still like, uh, I do honestly get a little bit uncomfortable, but just remembering 
that there's no me separate from the act at hand. There's no me separate from the response being had from the communication being done from the conversation being had helps a ton because all of a sudden, what is there to fear? What is there to get worked up about? There's nothing in the way. Absolutely. There's nothing in the way, which means the conversation is going to be what it's going to be. But if you have opinions on what a good conversation is, you're going to change the direction that that conversation goes in. And that's often what happens. And so we're going to segue into the second portion of community topics number four in discussing toxic positivity, because this is a response to the negative feelings. I don't like that. Everything is love and light. And we had that response to your Andrew Tate comment on Instagram in that love does not engage hate. And that was the comment to which my response was, well, what does love do with hate? It's love. Of course it engages hate. Love engages everything. But they're looking at their perspective of love, which is conditional. They're looking at their preferences. They're looking at what they would prefer rather than what might be best for everybody. And that is often the response that we get. I've actually had a number of people respond to our Andrew Tate comment with, well, what would be the point in having the conversation? He's not going to learn anything. So, well, we can learn something. That's a good enough point for me. If I'm going to learn something from it, that's perfect. Because then I can carry that with me and maybe cause another ripple as a result. But if I'm avoiding it because I know it's going to be unpleasant, then I'm not going to have that opportunity to grow. But this is something that we've talked about many times, that the perspective that love is always pleasant is unfortunately not true. Sometimes love is very uncomfortable. Sometimes rocking somebody's boats or shaking their false security is exactly what they need to be able to grow and be more helpful to everybody else in their life. Doesn't mean it's pleasant. But if you're judging yourself for it, if you're judging what's right and what's wrong based on what feels good and what doesn't, then you're never going to do that. You're never going to do that and think about how much of a waste that is. All of us could be helping each other grow just by growing in ourselves and having the courage to express ourselves without fear that it's going to offend somebody's delicate sensibilities be, because they're overcommitted to their identity. And so we're all just mulling around, wasting time when we could be actually conversing. We could be actually growing. And all for what? Oh, love and light. That doesn't sound loving. That sounds irresponsible. It sounds like you just want to take care of yourself and make sure that you feel good and fuck everyone else. And that's not love. So again, you have to get identity out of the way to recognize that love, like all feelings, is an entire spectrum. It's not one thing, unless again, you need to identify. Absolutely. Yeah. I like, that's why I like the phrase tough love too, because with like, it's so relevant, especially in our this day and age. And it's interesting thinking about like all of the perspectives of someone like an Andrew Tate or Donald Trump getting to the place that they are. And I'm sure there were plenty of people in their lives who were like, Ooh, this is going down kind of a whack ass path, but because potentially, I don't know this for sure, because those people who saw that were so uncomfortable in trying to give tough love they didn't. They were being all love and light. And now we have someone like Andrew Tate. And now people don't even want to converse with them because it's gotten so far. And there's a process that gets them 
to that point? And do you not recognize that that process has to do with the same sort of shit we're talking about now? And now it's gotten to a point that people are so uncomfortable that they don't want to question it at all. They, they just want to sh- shut it down, just silence them, just not let them speak anymore. It's like there was a process in their life that got them to that point. And a lot of it probably had to do with people not wanting to give uncomfortable advice or have you know, a sort of intervention or, or whatever it is, because those are never comfortable, but oftentimes they are what's best for the person dealing with whatever shit they're going through. So it's, it's fascinating to see people just like settle on their idea of love and light being the ideal, because you never know what the impacts of certain things are going to be. Take my, my buddy, Phil, Phil good life or Phil good. I don't even know what his last name is, but he, uh, I've got, uh, I don't know if you got this message, right. And he told me, or I got this message, but someone messaged us about how he, they had a one-on-one with him and he like totally screwed him up basically. Like he made their situation so much worse because I think it had to do with like their, they deserve their trauma because they, somehow there was like some karma involved in a past life and and whatever. I don't know exactly what happened, but it's like, that's incredibly damaging, but because everyone's so concerned with being all love and light in the public eye and not questioning someone like that, who has some, some crazy narratives and some crazy beliefs that they cling to and, and beliefs that they're going to have this empire and need for a bunch of followers to build that empire for them and to be looked up at same with teal swan anyone who saw the deep end same sort of shit those people aren't questioned and look they are doing damage out there so who's to say that questioning them and not be giving some tough love or not embodying love and light towards them isn't long term having a more love and light impact on reality on myself as reality, as existence itself. Like we never know the implications. And that's why sensitivity to the moment is so important and letting go of the rules and the morality and the beliefs about the right and the wrong thing to do. And that being the objective truth, because you never know what the right or the wrong thing to do is. All you know is where you're at right now. So as you build a sensitivity to that, things get a little bit clearer and you let go of all of those rules. And all of a sudden, you're flowing with reality again. But as long as you hold on to those and those beliefs about everything has to be positive and, and love and light all the time, you have no idea the damage you may be causing. Unfortunately, that is very true. And it's the reason that I took my life coaching business so seriously for so very long, because upon getting into life coaching, it really dawns on you the responsibility and the role that you're playing. You can't just be out there willy-nilly trying to self-soothe or self-validate without causing some destruction because you're not actually listening to that person. And it's just important to recognize that in general, uh, I was having a a call with somebody, I think it was last week. It was a great conversation. They've been listening to the podcast for a while, but we've never had a chance to talk one-on-one. And so we went through the entirety of our session. And then towards the end, they asked, you know, how do I deal with the loneliness? How do I deal with this feeling of being alone? And I know from past therapy and I know from from being in the motivation industry and I know just from watching other content creators that typically it would be here. This will make you feel better. My response was, I can say something, but you may not like it. 
And they said, well, give it to me because that's what I'm here for. Got to respect that. And my answer was, you're always alone. You can't avoid that. You are the only one in you, in your experience. It's all on you. But that doesn't mean it has to be lonely. It doesn't make a difference. Once you stop thinking about yourself, you find the connection that you're looking for is always there. It's just that your need to identify, your need, to, your need for it was blinding you to it. And so sometimes the best things that we can do is say the truth that is uncomfortable. Say the truth that we had to face in ourselves that was hard because that truth is hard. It is a difficult truth to accept, especially when you don't feel like you are enough. And again, there's that identity. So just keep that in mind. If you really want to be helpful to yourself, be honest. If you really want to be helpful to others, be honest. That doesn't mean that you have to be likable. It doesn't mean that they have to agree with you. It doesn't mean the conversation has to result in a certain end. It doesn't mean anything except that you are being honest, which is enough. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. With loneliness specifically, it's, it's a very interesting one and not to go off on another whole tangent in this episode, but just real quick, it is so funny because I've gotten caught up in that before. Like it's all me. Like I, you know, that's kind of scary, but it's only because my idea of myself is in the way. Loneliness is one of the most identity driven feelings or emotions or, you know, whatever you want to call it out there. But as soon as you let go of your idea of yourself, all of a sudden, what is there to be lonely about? What do you mean? You're everything. There is no you separate. Loneliness is almost like a very dualistic feeling because it's like the idea of you being separate from everything and alone in everything. But as, as soon as that's gone, it's like there is no separation to be separated from. And it's, it's, like, it's like the opposite, basically. But it always comes back to the idea of yourself with anything we talk about like that's that's almost like the starting point at least you know my experience that was the first thing i ever recognized was i am not what i think i was it, it wasn't that oh i'm everything it's like that comes almost later when you shed everything you think you are it's like all that's left is you being everything and that actually was a process when i first woke up i was still kind of constricted to my idea of andrew just being the awareness of the idea of andrew but not you know being everything beyond that as well. So when it comes to, you know, the, the positivity and, and all the toxic positivity and all of that, it's, it's like so much of it is rooted in building up the idea of yourself and building up the sense that you, I am someone who is positive and I am bringing light into the world and I am changing people's lives. So it's fascinating when in practice, how incredibly egotistical it really is because they're not willing to be seen as the villain so they put on this face this mask that they're just always this way when in reality they could be more doing more destruction than someone who isn't prescribing to this love and light above all else sort of mentality yeah absolutely i find it really interesting because what we're saying is that the problem isn't what we're feeling, it's what we do with that feeling, right? And it's another illusion of control. This is what it means. 
and we assume and we grab on and when we ride out that emotional roller coaster because we created that emotional roller coaster and it comes back down to recognizing that if you don't know where this feeling is going and you don't know what it means about you then you really don't know how to feel about it in which case you should just let it be and enjoy the experience of it or maybe not enjoy the experience of it but experience it that's all you have to do and just keep in mind everything is temporary that's where these insights really come into play when you wrote this too shall pass that helps to some degree until you can get your opinion of the process out of the way because that is just a way of coping with the fact that you're still looking at growth as an arduous journey you are growth it's been happening the whole time you don't have to beat yourself up you don't have to motivate yourself to do it it's already happening all you have to do is just be you to the best of your ability and watch for that distortion because that is the only thing that we're really watching for here we are already what is we are already one we are already connected it's just that we can't see it and we can't see it because of the illusions that we're identifying with and those illusions twist everything that we experience including everything that we feel because that is what we are and so feelings are another journey to recognizing what you are and another way to recognize exactly how much we invest in our ego to the point where we actually assign feelings concepts that define us yeah it is very interesting how often we try and create this sense of control and that's all it comes down to and all the flip side is is recognizing that you don't know you don't know where it's going to lead but as long as you think you know this feeling is good this feeling is bad i don't want to feel this i do want to feel this like you don't know what that path is going to lead to you don't know what sort of situation it is going to follow you don't know what you're going to learn from that difficult you know uncomfortable situation or feeling you're going through you don't know who's going to be able to resonate who you're going to be able to resonate with down the road in 10 years you went through a period I go back to this all the time when I went through, you know, years of being quiet as fuck and having a bunch of social anxiety, like in the moment, it's like, this is objectively bad. I want to get rid of this. I tried to get rid of it for so long. I wouldn't be here talking to you on this podcast. I wouldn't have any of my content stuff. If I hadn't gone through that. It's the same with everything from the, from the largest situation we go through to the most seemingly insignificant little feeling that we have when we wake up in the morning and we're feeling a little bit uncomfortable, feeling a little bit down. We never know what it's going to lead to. We never know what situation is going to be created from it. And you have no idea what difficult situation will lead to something incredible, beautiful, and eye-opening and all of those things. So relaxing into that uncertainty, reminding yourself, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where this is going to lead. I don't know if this is good or bad for me, I don't know if the situation that this leads to is going to be good or bad for the next situation that it leads to. I don't know. And that's okay. I never know. And that is very much okay. And that's probably the best practice you can ever incorporate into your life. Because that's meditation. That's everything that we're talking about is just getting out of the way, removing the attachment to it, removing the interpretation of it, allowing it to just be what it is. That's all this is about. And it really is important. And I, I would encourage our listener to just spend time feeling without interpreting that feeling and see how deep it goes. 
because those feelings become symbolic. Those feelings become quite deep and they will inform a good deal of your insights if you just allow yourself to be where you are. As always, depth, right? And we discussed a little bit of body awareness in previous episodes with uh, Logi the Yogi, as well as with Nick in relationships and accountability. But body awareness itself is really just sinking into your feelings. We tend to think of it as the feeling of the body, but that is also superfluous. It's really just the feeling, right? And so everything comes back to sinking deeper into what is already you, what is already happening, what is without your distortion, without your interpretation. That's it. And there's no other way that we can really educate anybody about feeling or emotion or anything else besides that. Because I could describe how I deal with feelings. That's not going to help you when you're dealing with yours. Because then you're going to think, oh, I should do what Ray does. And that's not the case. You're already doing what Ray would have done. Because you're me. So that's, that's something to keep in mind. That Just let it be and practice that. There are all, all kinds of ways to do so. You can go out to the bush. You can sit in the backyard. You can stand and, and do a meditative pose. I, I like this one where you just stand. You put your arms out in front of you like you're hugging a tree. And you just hold it there for five to 10 minutes without opinion, without thinking about the fact that it hurts, you know, focusing on the feeling of tension that you get, relaxing that tension, then feeling the energy as it's flowing through your body. And I say energy, but that's another concept, which you will discover if you just allow yourself to sink into feeling. And if you want to talk about this in greater detail, I would love to do so, but I will say this electronically over a podcast where we are not in the same room, it is quite difficult to really explain or really explore this insight. So if you would like to, because it is something I'm quite fond of, I've practiced Reiki, I've practiced martial arts, I've practiced all kinds of different ways to focus on the present of what I am, of who I am in the here and now. I would be happy to explain and I would be happy to even teach some of those methods to you at the upcoming retreat because we're going to have eight days to go through this stuff. I will be teaching some Wing Chun. My wife will be there doing some Reiki. This is going to be a chance for you to dig deep into the moment that you are. So if you can make it, we would love to see you. You definitely won't regret it. Absolutely. Yeah, I am. I say it every time, but couldn't be more excited. I, I, as much as I don't like to think about stuff in the future too much, I am very fucking excited for that thing. But yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say on this that has probably been most helpful for me when it comes to feelings and emotions and, and opinions about whatever I'm going through is that nothing is ever bad and nothing is ever wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing bad about you. There's nothing bad about what you're feeling. It just is what it is. And the more often and the more quickly you can let go of your opinions, question your opinions about whatever it is you're going through, the more quickly it will pass through you, the more quickly you will see opportunities to experience something else, the more quickly you will get out of the loop of the story you keep telling yourself about the way that you're feeling, because the way that you're feeling is how you're feeling. And it is what it is. And it is neutral as, as uncomfortable as it may be. It's never bad and it's never wrong. You're never wrong and there's nothing ever wrong with you. So perfectly said, as always, relax, pay attention and be yourself, which are all the same thing. 
And on that note, we are going to wrap up community topics number four. This has been a fun, fantastic conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Andrew, as always, for going through these concepts and these insights with me, with the audience. Um, I just wanted to say, because I know we just passed a celebratory episode about our first conversation a year ago. We have our anniversary of the podcast starting in about three weeks. So that's exciting as well. We're going to be talking all about this in the upcoming group chats on Patreon. If you can join us, you're not going to regret it. It's only $5 a month and you get to chat with us for two hours pretty much every week. You also get access to a whole ton of exclusive content. I think there's about 100 extra hours of, of uh, content discussions on our Patreon right now. So it's a hidden gem for sure. Um, that's it for this episode. And unless Andrew, you have anything you'd like to add? Nothing more to add. Just looking forward to next week's group chat. <laughs> likewise likewise and i just want to remind our listener that if you would like to suggest a topic for the next community topics episode please do so on our discord or in our patreon patrons of course get priority voting each of their votes count for two so if you want to sway the election that's the best way to do it and of course we'll see you next week for episode 10 bye everyone